0: Hi there, and welcome to episode 34 of the Mother of Success podcast. I am your host, Heather Hennessy of Heather Hennessy Life Coaching, and I am so glad that you are with me for today's episode. This podcast is for working women who are new mothers. I am going to start, as always, by asking you to breathe with me. Whatever you are doing right now, take six deep breaths with me in through your nose and out through your mouth. As I said in episode 33, I am going to take some time today to demystify why you might be feeling challenged with my mother knows best concept and why you might be having trouble applying it specifically in your life. So for those of you who who are brand new to the podcast welcome uh, we are talking about a concept that I introduced in episode 32 mother knows best and then in the kind of larger sense we are uh, talking through a series that I started way back in episode 16 The uh, beginning of 2021, which is about my schedule simplicity solution for new working mothers, which is really where I try to uh, suggest that everyone start is with uh, working on your schedule as the most helpful way to adjust to working motherhood. And I talk all about that for multiple, multiple episodes. So if you're brand new and today is your first episode, it's fantastic. It'll make some sense to you uh, as a standalone episode. And those uh, earlier episodes are available to you as well and will also be extremely helpful. So as I said, this topic It starts back on episode 32, uh, Mother Knows Best, part one. And then the most recent episode is episode uh, 33, Mother Knows Best, part two. This is Mother Knows Best, part three. And then if you want to get all the way deep into my scheduling tool, go back to episode 16. Okay, fantastic. So again, Mother Knows Best it's not like a light switch, right? We don't kind of like slip into that automatically. Some of us do, some of us don't, but you know, I'm talking today for people who are finding the concept to really be a bit challenging. And this podcast is also a hundred percent relevant to you. If Yesterday was your first Mother's Day and you didn't like it. Oh, what did I just even say? What if you kind of hated your first Mother's Day? So today I'm recording this on the morning of Monday, May 10th. Mother's Day was yesterday. Uh, May 9th, Sunday, May 9th of 2021 was Mother's Day. And it was not my first Mother's Day. So I, I have a little I have a a few under my belt here. And I was able to sort of draw some contrasts between my early experiences and the one I had yesterday. And there are those of you listening to this podcast who just had your first Mother's Day and you hated it. And you can't tell anyone. And you kind of can't believe I just said what I said. Oh, your first Mother's Day felt awkward to you. Being the focus of attention for the reason, the sole reason that you are a mother was bizarre. to be on the receiving end of people saying to you, Happy Mother's Day! And you're sort of cringing inside. If you experienced Sunday, May the 9th of 2021 in a state of more negative emotion than positive emotion, and you are beating yourself up that you didn't enjoy it more. If you are glad that it's over and that you don't have to do it again for a year, oh my God, who is with me on that? More here in a moment, but let's plant this flag hard because this is meaningful and significant and nobody talks about it so before we dive deep into Mother's Day and your first Mother's Day and some other larger issues I'm going to give you a very practical suggestion (laughs) regarding Mother Knows Best this kind of almost falls into like the, like the brain hack category. Um, some people don't love the term hack because it implies like a, you know, an unnecessary shortcut. But I'm going to use it here as, as like a short term, uh, you know, a, a shortcut of its own. Um, but this is actually leveraging some brain science in order to help you Embrace this extremely useful tool of mother knows best. If you are resistant to my concept of mother knows best. And if your brain just does not seem to be on board, if you're confused about it and my, and the confusion sort of feels persistent, like the confusion is not dissipating then my advice is to go back and re-listen. L- listen to this episode, listen to number 34, and then go back and re-listen to episodes numbered 32 and 33. And then walk through your life for a week, an entire week, finding examples of places where you know best. Places in your life where you are the person who is the expert, who is not confused. Places where you are authoritative, decisive, knowledgeable, confident. I want you to find a variety of places at work, at home, just wherever. You deem yourself to be the undisputed queen of something. So why am I saying to do this? Because part of what is happening as you encounter this concept and you're and you're not embracing it uh, with ease, Part of what is happening is that your brain is rejecting the notion that you know best, that it's possible for you to be a mother who knows best. (laughs) This is not your fault. You're, You're not broken. Your brain is not broken. This is just your brain function on default in a way that is not serving you right now. And is blocking you from the use of a very, very helpful tool. So, you know, what do we do about your default brain? We counter your default brain by intentionally giving your brain the job of finding places where you do know best and like logging them. We are gathering evidence. So... At work, no one, and I mean no one talks to important people at our firm's biggest client without me also being present because I know that client best. And the rest of my office relies upon me as the expert about that client at home. I know best how to make sure that everybody has clean underwear. Yes, these are absolutely real life examples of mine. Some of these are a big deal, right? Like me being able to service our biggest client is huge financial consequences for me and my business and my coworkers and the client. And you know, some of them are relatively trivial but I am equally the person who knows best what to do. I am the person who knows best how to brush my own teeth. I know best how to keep health insurance for my family by filling out the health forms and getting all the paperwork done and and making sure the payment's going to go through. I know best what to eat for lunch today. I am the undisputed queen of these things, and everyone in my world gravitates to me for my expertise and yields to me as the undisputed queen of these things. You are also the undisputed queen of lots and lots of things in your life. You just don't pay attention to them. Because you're so good at them that your brain is not even interested in them anymore, right? Like, I actually had to think about examples of places to give you, right? It's not, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not consciously aware on a moment to moment basis of my expertise in, you know, filling out the health forms and servicing that client. I just do those things automatically. I don't pay attention to them this same phenomenon is at work all the time in everything. Your brain ignores the fact that you have a nose on your face. Did you know this? Your eyes actually see your nose all the time. But because your nose is continually present, your brain edits out the image of your nose as irrelevant. Put your finger tip on your nose or put on glasses on your nose when you're not used to wearing them or put a sticker on your nose or like a dot of paint and your brain will actually fixate on change to your nose or even just turn your turn your eyes to your nose on purpose right those are <laughs> those are all ways that we can intentionally override the fact that our brain is ignoring our nose. Now, it's actually helpful that our brain ignores our nose. That's helpful to us. (laughs) We don't need to expend brain power looking at our nose most of the time. What we do need to do for you right now for your greater good is expend brain power, giving your brain the job of finding where you know best. Turn your gaze on purpose in your own life to the places where you are the undisputed queen of that part of your world and then once you have found a bunch of those places then go back in your brain and remind yourself of how you got there how did you get to be the undisputed queen of that thing how did you get to be the person who has the most knowledge about that thing and who everyone else in your world gravitates to you as that expert. Now, the places where you just have sort of natural talents and skills that are effortless to you, those are not especially useful in this undertaking, right? If you're the, you know, undisputed queen of, like in my case, right, clean laundry. That's just because I like clean laundry and I just do the rest of the laundry in the house, right? It's actually me sort of doing something that I find to be easy that, you know, kind of serves me. That's not especially useful. What is useful for this undertaking are the places where you intentionally built expertise, where you worked, where you studied, where you overcame difficult hurdles and challenges. Those are going to be the valuable places for this undertaking to adjust your brain to Mother Knows Best. That exercise will open your brain to the memories of your trajectory from sort of not knowing what you were doing and how to do it through whatever path you took to the point where you're now the have mastery of that thing. Like I can go back and remember, you know, this client that I was speaking about, I can remember when they were a brand new client and I didn't know their names very well and I didn't know their personalities and We sort of weren't all that familiar with the corporate culture. And I had to learn the subject matter. I had to do a lot of like studying about subject matter that was new to me, right? Like that took work. We've now been working for them for, I don't even know how many years. Anyway, it's been like years and I can look back and say Yeah, I've like attended the conferences. I've sat through the meetings. I've participated in the, you know, this and that and the other. And I am now the undisputed queen of that client. And I can track all the work it took me to get there. You see how useful that is to me? So this phenomenon that I'm describing where our brains ignore what it thinks is not relevant. It happens all the time, right? In everything, by the way. Um, And I'm not a brain scientist, (laughs) as I've said before, I am not, but I am fascinated by this concept in my own life as like a human walking around the planet. And, And, you know, I get it that our brains want to be efficient. And part of that efficiency is that there's an entire portion of neurons of our brain that are devoted to deciding what is relevant and what is not relevant. So your job here is to train your brain that it is relevant to you that you have the capacity to become a mother who knows best. Like (laughs) my current, like favorite example of this is, is anybody else paying attention to uh, the Mars rover perseverance and the little flying, uh, flying helicopter ingenuity? (laughs) So we are at my house in part because we have a young child who is fascinated by all this stuff. But like, if you had asked me the question, like, are we going to put people on Mars? If you had asked me that a couple weeks ago, I would have been like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But now, because I'm paying attention to these things, right? I've like paid attention to perseverance and ingenuity and what they're doing on Mars. I'm like, Oh, we're for sure going to put people on Mars. We might put people on Mars in my lifetime. Like for sure this is happening, (laughs) right? Like just, this is just a difference in me training my brain in that direction, right? Like my son and I have been watching Perseverance drive around Mars. We've watched, watching Ingenuity sort of like fly around Mars, And there's all these videos on like YouTube and stuff. And we're seeing these reports about the ability, they figured out that we can create oxygen on Mars and all these other like scientific breakthroughs. And my brain is now totally on board with people going to Mars very, very soon. And I'm like, I'm so sure it's happening. I'm like... And I'm like enjoying it, right? So something that went from not a part of my brain at all, you know, a month ago, I'm now like fascinated and I'm I'm enjoying it, right? I'm finding learning. I'm like finding my own capacity to like know things that I didn't know before. And it's fun, right? Do you see how I've done that? I've sort of made this entire undertaking kind of fun for myself part of this is that you get to look back on your accomplishments on something you didn't used to know but now you do know something you didn't used to be able to do but now you do know how to to do masterfully and you can make that kind of fun you can tap into some self-pride you can tap into feelings of accomplishment Those are really good places to associate your emotional state while you're thinking about Mother Knows Best. This also just happens constantly in the coaching context. (laughs) This is ever present in, in the coaching interchange. So right? Like my coach will challenge me about something during a session. And at the time in the moment, it won't really penetrate. Do you know what I mean? But then my brain will sort of marinate in whatever she offered me. And then when we meet the following week, I'll go back and ask her about that point, right? Like something that She might not have even said like (laughs) that wasn't even really significant, but that my brain sort of latches onto part of the reason that I'm able to do that is because I'm undertaking this constantly, right? Like this sort of like, I'm changing, I'm watching myself change, I'm watching myself develop skills, you know, I'm paying attention to the things that I wanna teach all of you, I'm paying attention to how my clients are going through the world. So, you know, through that filter in my brain, I am paying attention to that. So this is why I pass that along to you as a way for you to be more open to the coaching that I'm giving you in these episodes. And you train yourself to want to seek out the growth that's on the other side of all of this process. You train yourself to, you know, to knowing that something that is not currently available to you could be available to you in the future and that your life will be better for that fact, right? So that is also part of what you're building evidence of, right? Like my professional skill set is better than it's ever been, and my trajectory with that specific client is part of the reason. And so i look back on that and i'm like yeah when i learn stuff when i learn new stuff i'm better off and when i learn new stuff my clients are better off and you will have the ability to give yourself examples who where you've done the same so i mentioned this at the beginning of the episode where i talked about like my listeners who are moving through these episodes In real time, I think I talked about this at the beginning of episode 33, right? For those of you who are moving through this in real time, you had a week between the introduction of the concept and then my examples. And now you've had another week where you had um, those examples in your head. And now we're talking about some of the challenges and how to troubleshoot those challenges you got the benefit of that time your brain actually used that time to put some of this to your good use it and it and it challenged you know some of your assumptions about yourself so you can for those of you who are going to go back and listen to episodes Thirty-two and thirty-three. You can judge for yourself. You know, you might want to listen to thirty-two, and then wait a little while, and then listen to thirty-three, and then wait a little while, and then come back here to number thirty-four. Do you see what I mean? The are are kind of we can get in a rush, especially when we're doing things like listening to podcasts on double speed or right or whatever we're doing in the name of efficiency, but um, there is some benefit in really slowing this down a little bit and kind of like having the, hearing my words and then kind of putting them into your life and letting there be kind of a back and forth there. So that is my, like, concrete practical brain hack for you right like go gather your evidence put it all in the front of your mind write it down if you want to that's extra powerful is to find some examples of places where you've been through a similar process and you write them down very helpful even if you're not a person with like a journaling practice just sit down you know with a piece of paper and write some of that stuff down and so so that is my kind of hack quote unquote so the other things that are that are arising for you and arise for a lot of us when we work through this mother knows best concept are bigger issues right where coaching is just really really helpful so this is not just the human brain's natural reluctance to new concepts and change this is the the places where we have Internalized beliefs about ourselves that need some work. Back to Mother's Day. That first Mother's Day. Oh, boy, oh boy. Maybe you had a picture of what it should have been like or felt like. Maybe it was supposed to have been idyllic and sweet and a memory that you would cherish forever. Something like a lovely brunch and some nice flowers. And maybe you had some of those things. But at the same time, maybe your day started with a giant diaper explosion and you got poop all over your outfit and maybe it ended with a fight with your partner, right? The picture in your head and the reality of what was actually happening might have been really far apart or the picture in your head, right? Just sort of selectively excluded (laughs) some of the realities of new motherhood. So your expectations either were unmet, right? Like the day just fell short of your expectations or your expectations were overshadowed by these interruptions of reality. And maybe you were really attached to your expectations Ugh! Again, I say ugh. And put put all of that together, right? The expectations that either were not met or that were overshadowed by reality that did not feel positive, and it's sinking in for you that that is motherhood period expectations are not met that reality no matter how much poop it involves or how many you know arguments that that rules the day on mother's day on every day right? Your fantasy about what motherhood and working motherhood would be for you. Your fantasies are collapsing in the face of actual reality. And parts of you are really pissed or disappointed or resentful. Now, this What I've just described, right, that collapsing of (laughs) the fantasy, that can be especially acute if you are a person like me who entered working motherhood later in life, and you thought that (laughs) motherhood was sort of the one missing thing that would complete your life and bring you fulfillment and joy. And then you have a Mother's Day experience that just punctuates how wrong you were. I devoted a full episode of this, of the podcast to this back at the beginning. I can't remember what the episode number is, but it was the one where I talk about midlife baby, right? I had checked all the other boxes in my life and then I had my baby and I thought, oh, this is the thing. This is for sure missing thing. Oh God, just how wrong I was, right? And I judged myself so harshly. New mothers on Mother's Day are not supposed to feel resentful. I was not supposed to feel unfulfilled. I was not supposed to feel like something had gone terribly wrong. We're judging ourselves and we're feeling a lot of shame and guilt because all of this experience is not meeting our expectations and Mother's Day is just like the cherry on top. Am I right or what? Like, like, Can I get some nodding heads and some agreement? (sighs) Nobody talks about this. Oh, I'm totally talking about this. I'm going to talk about this a lot. (laughs) Maybe there was a brunch. Maybe you did have a Mother's Day brunch and maybe you were miserable for every moment of it. Part of that misery, of course, was your judgment of yourself. And everything that I've described, right? Like, if the day started off with a exploded diaper and a ruined outfit, right? Like whatever happened to you during the day, that's all you brought all of that to brunch with you. And then there is and I I kind of I'm calling it for our purposes today, this is like what we bring to the experience of Mother's Day that is what I believe is just a manifestation of the underlying tensions of being a new mother. That sounded vague. So so to try to get more specific, tension because it is such a big shift in our lives, the shift from not a mother to mother. And the shift in our identity, in the way that we interact with people and the world, right? Like the, the people at the at the grocery store wishing me a happy Mother's Day because I happen to be in the grocery store with my baby. And like like strangers wishing me happy birthday like that was weird for me that was like a source of tension for me it still kind of is if I'm gonna be honest like I don't walk around wishing other people happy mother's day my mother is dead and I just don't do it (laughs) but other people do that right like (laughs) other people just think it's part of their their experience of mother's day to walk around do wishing other people happy mother's day so yeah there's that i i felt like i felt like like is this do i have to put up with this from now on <laughs> was my thought <laughs> Ugh, for those of us who feel that tension between who we used to be and and being a a new mother that tension permeates everything right it's just this like friction i've talked a lot about that sort of like internal tug of war going on it's that so so there you have your own internal experience of your first motherhood right it's some combination of those things and then and then whatever else you are bringing with you into the day. On top of that, let's bring in your experiences with friends or family or people on social media, right? Your day on Sunday, May the 9th of 2021, probably included some form of contact with other mothers who were also being celebrated. Minded, maybe those people happen to be mothers who are either a generation younger than you or a generation older than you, and who are having a totally different experience than the one that you were having. And maybe the conversation turned to some of those differences in experience. Maybe some of those people in your life happen to be mothers who define or have defined their entire life by their experience of motherhood. Right. They either happen to be people who never worked or who decided not to work any longer after having a baby. Maybe that contrast between your current experience as a working mother and the decisions that you are making to help yourself be the working mother you most want to be and the ways that you are living your life, maybe those were especially highlighted in conversation or comments or who knows what in some ways that left you feeling defensive or judged. Maybe your experience of your first Mother's Day also included contact with people who are not yet mothers and who want to be maybe it was the case for you that you were in the presence of people who were feeling jealous maybe you were in the presence of people who now think that you quote have it all and that everything in your life is perfect and maybe you were having a thought that it was supposed to be perfect and it feels so far from perfect. Ugh. Again. What a fucking Mother's Day brunch, right? Like, ugh. Against the backdrop of our own internal experience, right? Like whatever that experience is, whatever tensions and internal conflicts are present, then we come into conflict block. Then we come into contact with mothers of different circumstances than ours. And we compare ourselves to what other people are experiencing or tell us that they are experiencing. Maybe part of your day included scrolling in your social media feed and seeing the Mother's Day posts from some of your favorite influencers who, oh, by the way, shot those photos a month ago with a professional photo shoot, right? Whatever combination it was, right? Whatever your day involved We have thoughts and feelings that are really unpleasant. First Mother's Day, thoughts and feelings that are really unpleasant. And we don't know what to do with all of this. We judge ourselves harshly. In some of these comparisons, we hear words that other people say and we take on those words. We see images of other people's lives and experiences and we take those on. We also blame ourselves if people around us happen to be experiencing unpleasant emotions and we think that we are, quote, causing them close quote how can we embrace the concept of mother knows best when our mother's day brunch makes us want to scream and run away I want to cry just thinking about it quite frankly (laughs) if this is you I want to hug you If this is you, I get it. I see you and you are in the right place. Maybe I will title this episode (laughs) My First Mother's Day Sucked. (laughs) And here's the thing, right? Here's why you're in the right place. The mother who knows best gets to bring her full self into her experience of working motherhood and she loves herself through it. Mother knows best does not imply that this mother is having a perfect existence. It does not imply that she feels good all the time. The mother knows best is not happy all the time. The mother who knows best is not living some other woman's experience of motherhood. She is living hers and only hers. It's built into the concept. When I say mother knows best, I mean you and only you. I don't mean me, right? I'm giving you guys some examples so you could work with it, but I'm not telling you what to do. You could take one of my examples and turn it completely on its head. As long as you like your reasons, as long as they're your reasons and you like them, you can do whatever you want to under this concept. And you can be yourself having your experience. You can be having lots of tension. The, the part of you who wants to run away from your Mother's Day is normal, right? Right? If Sunday, May 9th, 2021 was your first Mother's Day and you hated every minute of it, nothing is wrong with you and it is still possible for you to know best. Nothing was wrong with me. My first Mother's Day was kind of excruciating. This is why I knew to talk to you about this today. I spent yesterday with some other mothers. I spent yesterday in the presence of some other mothers and when I woke up this morning and I was looking back on it, I was like, Oh, I like this podcast episode just came kind of like jumping out of my brain. (laughs) First thing I did when I sat down at my desk because I was like, Oh, right. Like a mother's day is a thing. My first mother's day was a thing. I was fully in the tension. It was before I had any coaching tools. It was before I had anybody kind of guiding me um, through integrating working motherhood into my life. It was before I had any of the concepts that I now teach. And I was struggling, right? Struggling. And I didn't I didn't know that that struggle was normal. I just felt awful because I was feeling awful. And I was really, really not nice to myself in my feeling awful. Nothing was wrong with me. Nothing was wrong with my baby, right? Like I just happened to be having an emotional and mental experience at the time. That's kind of sucked. Even so, even that being the case, I still, I got a gift that I treasure to this moment. I got a a charm bracelet. And I had always remembered my mother having a charm bracelet. And so that was what I wanted for my first Mother's Day. So I got a charm bracelet. And yesterday on my uh, not first Mother's Day, I got a charm to add to it, right? It's this like, wonderful tradition that we started, which my son is now old enough to like fully participate in when, when, (laughs) of course, you know, (laughs) when he was a tiny baby, he wasn't really an active participant, but he was kind of the reason that I let myself have a charm bracelet. I had always wanted one and I was like, okay, I'm doing it. This is a thing that I like associate with motherhood. And I, one of the first charm I put on it was my mother's locket that she had had, that she wore as a necklace when I was young. And she had our, my sister and I, our pictures in the locket. So I put that locket on my charm bracelet and put my son's picture in it. So see, I like start, we, we as a family, like started a tradition that day that we can maintain forever. Even though I was, even though I was feeling terrible tension and lots of negative emotion, right? We started a tradition that day that, matters to me to this day and is significant and important to me. Even so, I was in the throes of a lot of negative emotion. I was still making decisions during that time, which have been so good for my family and for me. So, you know, at that time, my son was about five or six months old and I was fully back at work, right? Like fully engaged in being the family breadwinner. My son was in daycare. We were, we were really pleased with the daycare and we were getting better as, like my husband and I were getting better at the day-to-day functions of our household as working parents, right? Like we were kind of problem solving regularly and like working on those skills I was figuring out the stuff that I am teaching you right this minute, right? Like on this podcast, right? 34 episodes into this podcast, I was figuring out this stuff. That's what I was doing in real time. It was so significant. I, But, you know, I can look back now and see it and see that, Even in my like disorientation and my tension and my discomfort and my confusion, I can see that I was doing the best that I could at the time and that I was planting the seeds that I would eventually follow that would change my life completely. That's what I was doing. Whatever experience you had yesterday, whether it was blissful or it was excruciating, be honest with yourself about it. You get a lot of traction and, and like help with yourself if you're honest about it. I want you to also be completely honest with yourself that you are fully capable of implementing my mother knows best concept into your life and, and using it to your advantage. You're capable of doing that right now. You are fully capable of dropping any and all comparisons to other mothers. And you are fully capable of getting yourself the help that you need to ease your path into your next Mother's Day and all the ones beyond that. Yesterday was one day, one day. Let's not make more of it than that. Let's focus you and your brain on what you need next my experience of my mother's day yesterday folks it was a completely different experience than the one i had that first mother's day but that took effort on my part right it took it took time and effort i can help you get there right i can help you get there but it it, it can be done but it's gonna take some some uh some evolution on your part. Now this day-to-day and moment to moment real world application of the mother knows best concept, it also there's a something significant here. That day-to-day application of the concept, if that's kind of where you're Having some challenges, right? Like Mother's Day aside, if you've heard the past few episodes and you're still kind of struggling to see how to do this, the application of the concept. It really relies upon self trust. When we get right down to it, it really relies upon self trust. And for those of us who have a problem trusting ourselves for whatever reason, that's really the ultimate work. I have done a ton of that work myself and it arises for each of us differently, right? Like, The lack of self-trust can be based in trauma. It can be based in situations in our past where we blame ourselves for something having gone wrong. A lack of self-trust could be rooted in um, some identity that we hold that imparts to us a role in society or culture where we are less trusted than other groups, right? There could be some racism going on, something that is, you know, you're having been on the receiving end of discrimination for some identity that you hold. It could be neurodivergence of some type. It could be any one of dozens of different things. So taking some time to work through whatever is arising for you as you're trying to implement Mother Knows Best, if you're having a thought, not mothers like me, that would be a telltale clue that you're having one of these kind of self-trust or or. Or, or a variety of them arise for you. It in, Oh, by the way, I've had, you know, I don't even know how many of these come up for me, um, over time, but it is, um, it's worth talking about, right? Because our brains again, don't necessarily go there unless we tell them to like mother knows best. Like brain i want that to be true right you sort of challenge your your kind of limiting beliefs you challenge what your brain is telling you and kind of get to work digging in it can be so helpful over the long haul it's again it's not a light switch but it can be really helpful over the long haul so of course quite frankly just as women Women in our society are socialized to lack self-trust, period, right? This is one of the pillars of the patriarchy, that women can't be trusted with money or property or voting rights or anything else. And that is certainly the case for women, but that motherhood is especially a place where women are seen you know, through that lens, as being diminished or lacking capacity. What? Right? Like these are really antiquated notions. However, to the extent that we haven't done the work to sort of move ourselves past them, they could still be wreaking havoc in our subconscious mind. We've already established that this identity shift from not a mother to mother is a big deal and is not pleasant. Then we superimpose a bunch of of societal assumptions that view this particular identity shift as one that is an overall downgrade. Boy, oh boy, right like this is this is a Big deal. If you're experiencing resistance to the mother knows best concept, there's some combination of these things that are probably at play for you. Those of you who are embracing it with relative ease, you might be struggling in other places. But the, you know, if you're like mother knows best, got it, and you're just kind of rolling with it, then my guess is that you have done some work in your life prior to now, right prior to the arrival of motherhood, that has made it easier for you to slip into the mother knows best concept. My guess is that, you know, maybe you've worked through a trauma, maybe you've got some um, tools that you um, that you had before you encountered this concept. Those of you who have not done any of that, right? Or, um who you know have some kind of unexplored parts of your identity this is you know maybe where where this is presenting a challenge for you um a lot of the work of kind of uncovering um you know d- it- issues related to discrimination, issues related to trauma, issues related to, you know, a uh, part of your childhood that was maybe something you had to work through, a lot of those tools cross over. And, you know, some of this stuff can be very familiar to people who have done some therapy or some coaching in the past. So yeah, part of it is, you, your identities, part of it is the work that you have or have not already done just as you have lived your life. Um, You know, in my case, I really had done none of this prior to becoming a working mother. None of it, right? And my family was full of assumptions about motherhood, assumptions about working motherhood. It has really been since I became a working mother that I've done all this, which is why I teach it the way that I teach it. But of course, clients sort of arrive at my doorstep in a variety of different places. If you want to hear more about what I worked through specifically, you can sort of go back to some of those earliest episodes of the podcast. I had a a few of them where i um talked about some of my like family assumptions like in i was only one generation removed from a literal like assumption that if a mother had to work outside the home something had gone horribly wrong right <laughs> that was the that was the family assumption that i brought into all this um So, you know, being a mother who knows best flies in the face of all of this conditioning, all of this societal assumptions, all of it, right? Flies in the face of what I was taught as a child, flies in the face of what a lot of people were taught as a children, and what a lot of people currently believe right this minute, right? Like I had co-workers who were working mothers who were fully bought in that their status as working mothers was a downgrade, fully bought in, right? Like active participants in my workplace who were actively perpetuating that working motherhood was a downgrade and that we all were going to have it harder than other people. These assumptions are not helpful, right? Like having, having that be what's coming to you, even from your peer group, coworkers or friends, and, and those, that kind of like knocking around in your brain, mother knows best flies in the face of that. It's part of why it's such a useful concept, everybody, right? Like revealing to ourselves like, oh, all of my, all of my friends and peers are acting in this way. Do I want to go along with that? Hell no, I don't want to go along with that, right? Like (laughs) I want a completely different outlook on my experience of working motherhood. Thank you very much. You know, this is, again, (laughs) there's no, there's no wrong way to get there, but, but To the extent that you are struggling to put this concept into practice, pay some attention in some of these places. Recognize that the points where you're flying in the face of something that other people think or something that you used to think that you don't want to think anymore, right? It takes active and intentional work to reveal that stuff to ourselves because most of the time it's just knocking around in our subconscious so we go to work to look at it on purpose this is why i'm so good now at coaching and helping other people get where they want to be is because i did all of this through the lens of working motherhood So wrapping this up, right, we're we're over an hour here, wrapping this episode up, this is a lot to work through. And I appreciate that. By the way, like, for some people, any one of the topics that I mentioned here today is six months worth of coaching. (laughs) Any one of these things. My goal today was really just to help. Well, A, my goal today was to talk through the mothers day stuff which i just woke up this morning like it hit me like a lightning bolt i was like i've got to go talk about this immediately so to talk through the mothers day stuff in the in the context of our topic and then to give you a framework for understanding what might be happening for you if you are finding some challenges as you're trying to implement mother knows best now The themes and issues that I have raised today will come up for us again and again on the podcast. This is the path, right? Like This is the path that I walked. This is the path for you between where you are right now, whatever kind of Mother's Day you had yesterday, and the one that you know is available to you. Right, the life that is your full expression of mother knows best, your authentic desired experience of working motherhood. That path might be a difficult one, but it is so worth it. Walking that path is the path to freedom. It is your highest and best experience of working motherhood brought into reality. This is not some fantasy, right? We're not, we're fully out of fantasy land here. For those of you who felt your fantasy collapse yesterday, good news. We're not bringing back the fantasies. We are taking you very clearly toward your fully realized desired experience of working motherhood. It is the life that you want for yourself and for your family. quite frankly, if you have found your way to this podcast and listened to this episode for the past hour and four minutes, this is your path, right? The fact that you are here with me, listening to all of this, this is your path. And I can help you. I am the perfect person to help you. So make sure to come back next week. Next week is going to be a good one. It's going to be Mother Knows Best How to Exit a Pandemic. (laughs) Get excited about it. If it were a TV show, it would totally be like ripped from the headlines. Oh, I'm laughing. Thank you so much for listening today. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and rate and review if you have not already done so. And if I can be helpful to you as you become the working mother you most want to be, you can contact me through uh, my website or through my social media accounts, and all of those links will be in the show notes wherever you found this podcast. Take good care of yourself.